You're listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Behrens, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Behrens, 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tactical Kitchen Show. It's so cold. I know. It is, what, 20 degrees here today? It was 20 degrees this morning, and I know that's not extremely cold, uh, no, there are some people that are laughing at us right now if they live up north. Oh, yeah. I saw uh, one person post that it was, it was negative 19, and it felt like it was negative 44. Yeah, so I'll take 20. It's basically a heat wave. Right, yeah. So the whole country <laughs> is cold right now. And, you know, we kind of skipped last week. We did. And one of the things was, hey, we were cold, and if we can't do the podcast, if we're running the air conditioner, I mean, not the air conditioner, the heater, because it makes a lot of noise. It does make a lot of noise. So this is episode 40, mm-hmm. before we get too far yep. down the rabbit hole. Yep, episode 40, and it might be might be a quick one, because I don't know how long we can go with the heater turned off. <laughs> we have to turn our heat off, just so the sound quality isn't completely horrible. Right, so I'm wearing a bear suit right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I felt like I need to go put on a coat, but it's not too bad right now. No. I did work out earlier inside the house, which I haven't done in a long time, and it I was sweating really bad, and at the same time, you were like, I'm so cold, because you had already worked out <laughs> earlier, and we're done, so yeah, we keep our, back down. we keep our house kind of cool uh, for the most part. Uh, the temperature is set at 66 degrees, just for anybody who wants to know what I live in. Yeah, so we keep it we keep it at, at 66. And every once in a while, you'll be like, it's cold in here. I wear socks a lot now <laughs> to bed, and that's kind of a big deal. I've, I always hated wearing socks to bed, and I found myself the last few nights being like, you know what? Socks are good. And I don't know why that when it's colder outside, it makes you feel colder inside, because if it was... If it was the dead of summer and it was 100 degrees outside, 66 in here would be great. Like, we'd oh, be we in would, shorts and T-shirts. Yeah. And, yeah, because in the summer, we keep our thermostat set at what? Like, 78? We're 76, I think, is 76. what we do. <laughs> so, it's completely opposite. It's what you acclimate to. I'm the thermostat Nazi, so... You are. Who touched this? Who touched Everybody knows. the thermostat? All dads are like that, yeah, right? all dads are like that. All, all husbands are that way, yep. I guess. So. I, I've yet to put a sign on it that says, do not touch. No, no, but I have gone over there before and been like, I'm going to make it go up to 67. <laughs> Such a luxury. And then I'll turn it back down later before you come by and see it. Oh, that's so funny. I know everybody has the same things that go on in their house. Yeah, they probably don't. Not like that. <laughs> so anyway, needless to say, it is cold, so... We're a little chilly right now with no heat running, so let's speed right. this thing along. Okay, Come on, yeah. so, I'm going to get cold. <laughs> so what are we going to talk about today? So we kind of broke this episode down into the, the three pillars that we talk to everyone about when we talk to them about uh, health coaching or healthy lifestyle is we talk about nutritional, environmental, and lifestyle. Those are the three things that when you start looking at everything, you want to uh, separate those three and kind of attack them individually to make, to make gains. 
Yeah. So if you don't change your diet, you can work out all you want and things aren't going to, you know, change too much. Unless you're like 25. And yeah, then, you know, well, you let's know. not even talk about those people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who those are. 25-year-old Steve ate whatever he wanted and just ran further. I know, and it's so funny that that works up until a certain point. Well, it's not funny. It's just it's just humans. That's how we are. We can we can push ourselves to a certain point, and then things start breaking down like an old car. Like an old car. Humans. Yeah. Yeah, the old the old human car starts breaking down. Yeah, so nutrition, obviously, you have to change. If you want to get healthy or stay healthy, you have to change your diet. Mm-hmm. And all that means is what you're putting in your face. So, so nutritionally, what have we been doing in the past, you know, couple of weeks to uh, experiment on ourselves? Because we're always looking at what we can tweak, I guess, in our diet. And one of the things that I did was I was getting in the habit of eating a lot of food. Well, that's partly my fault. We all know that I'm known as being an <laughs> overfeeder. I'll feed everybody else lots of food, and then I'll be like, I'll just have this little bit of here. <laughs> and, you know, I get that from probably my mom, you know, that she was an overfeeder. She'd hear a pile of your plate, and then she would just, like, snack. But I eat till I'm full, but, yeah, I do give you a lot of food. And you come from the, you know, our, our generation was clean your plate. Clean your plate. And that's hard for me to not do. So I started making a conscious effort to, number one, eat slower. So I, I paid way more attention to my my satiated feeling while I was eating. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just to pause and take a break and, and try to make the intent up front to not eat everything on my plate. Now, that's often hard to do for people because food costs money. Right. So what I, what we, but what we've been doing is, well, you know, we, that goes to leftovers. We don't throw it away. No, and I know some people don't like leftovers, and, you know, I get it. Not everything's great leftover, but lately we've been getting <laughs> ribeyes on sale, and they're so big. They're you huge. You either have to, like, cook one, and then we're going to fight over the bone, because that is the best part mm-hmm. of those bone-in ribeyes, and... <laughs> <laughs> then it'll be a it'll be a, a fight to the death for that because it's really good. <laughs> or I just go ahead and cook both, and then the next day we can have like dinners already made. Right. Because so we'll eat half. So I was eating like the, and the ribeyes are probably what twenty ounces at least. At least. At least. So I would eat my entire twenty ounce ribeye, and then look at the half of the ribeye that she did not eat, and I'd be like, "Well, we can't waste that. Let's go ahead and eat it." <laughs> so you eat the rest of mine. <laughs> so. I was easily consuming uh, upwards of uh, 25 to 30 ounces of steak at, at, a, at a meal, which for some people is not a whole lot, but I've, the problem was my activity level was not as high. Yeah, because you've been kind of nursing that knee thing going on and, mm-hmm. and a pulled calf and different stuff like that. So you weren't running and sprinting and doing a, as much exercise as you were before. So maybe you didn't need as much. Right. So then, and that was, it's not kind of, I felt like I was getting overweight. I just felt like uh, I wanted to see how, if I could lean out more with working out less and just kind of manage my, my energy food intake. Well, I think sometimes when we're eating the steak, it's it's easy to just like, it's so good. It's so delicious. You can just keep eating. Because you the big thing with eating carnivore for dinner, like most of our meals, is that you don't ever get that belly stretch mm-hmm. that you yep. get sometimes with other foods, even other keto foods. And so when you don't get that, it's easy to... 
eat past the point where you needed to. It's not like, I don't think, you know, you, we're not going to have to worry about it too much because we do stay, still stay pretty active and we're eating a good quality food. But, you know, you kind of feel like later, like that 20 minutes later, you're like, I probably didn't need to eat so much of that steak. Right. And that's one of the things, nutrition, that you're looking at is how much food can I eat uh, or, or, or minimize it without getting, without being hungry? Because, you know, you never want to eat and then like an hour later, you're like, well, I'm still hungry. You want to, you, you want that to take you, take you on. But I was eating so much. So how much could I cut that back? So maybe, maybe I only eat 12 ounces of steak. Do I get hungry earlier? Do am I able to continue with intermittent fasting? How that affected me? What I found was that I pretty much ate about half, around half of what I was eating, and I didn't, I wasn't hungrier. I didn't feel less energy. So I think for me that might be a practice that I just continue going forward. How was your sleep? Uh, sleep was fine. Did not affect it. Like how much I did, ate at dinner did not really affect my sleep. I mean, we can talk about sleep when we get into the the uh, environmental oh, yeah. stuff. True. But nutritionally, what else did we start doing or you start okay. doing specifically the past couple of weeks? So So I've been I've been like fighting against getting into the keto dessert space for myself personally because A, I didn't want to eat it. And B being like professionally from that background with like butter, sugar, flour, you know taking the sugar and the flour away completely changes the chemistry of baking. So I was like, I don't want to eat a almond flour cookie. You know, that's just not what I want. I want, if I'm going to have one, I just want a real cookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and I say real, so it's still real. It's just a different texture because the chemical reactions to the keto baking ingredients is so different. So anyway, I've decided... I'm jumping in, and I'm going to use the skills that I have. <laughs> so we're gonna, I'm going to use this example because year, two years ago, I can't remember how long it was, we started doing the the cheese shells for like for taco night. Yeah, I would do the cheese, like melt the cheese in the skillet, flip it over like a pancake, make taco shells yep. out of and, it. And I said, man, this is a great idea. We should market this. We should We should make these cheese shell taco shells and sell them. And what did Melody say? Melody said, that's stupid. Nobody would ever buy that. This is so easy to do. And recently, we saw people selling um, those cheese shell taco shells at the grocery store for an exorbitant amount of money, like a lot of cash. Like a lot of money for melted cheese, like slightly melted cheese that you you can eat later (laughs) from a package. We're like, oh, people will buy these. (laughs) I was like, man. Okay, so yeah, I'm getting into the into the keto, back into my pastry background, and starting to really test some different recipes and mess with some of my old recipes and try to transition those over to keto. And I know maybe some of you have seen some of this stuff on Instagram or Facebook. And if you have, I know some of you have asked me for recipes, and I'm not really giving those out right now because they're test recipes for actually making stuff and selling so mm-hmm. yeah just I, like the old commercial feel bad ancient chinese secret <laughs> yeah i always feel so <laughs> bad when people ask and i'm like sorry i can't give this to you but you know i've worked with a lot of chefs over the uh years and i had this one um my one of my pastry uh instructors 
when I was at the Dallas Art Institute, she, I ended up working for her in her bakery uh, later on. And she had some really good stuff that we had going on. And I had the recipes. And she was like, don't you ever give these to anybody <laughs> because I'm one day going to write a book, you know. And I was like, so, you know, we're all like that. We have our proprietary, you know, pr- proprietary rather recipes that, you know, we think are ours. I will just tell you guys, there's not really anything too new under the sun. If you see a recipe, you start comparing them. They're all, baking is going to be all very similar, even in the keto space, because there's not a whole lot of things you do to the basic chemical, you know, the basics to get that chemical reaction. It's going to be flavors and added things like chocolate or nuts or whatever so you know it's not it's not rocket science but it is science well and that's the thing it is science and and some of the things that that we've talked about over the past weeks is you can you can hand out the recipe but that doesn't mean you can make it uh, I'm giving recipes to so many people over the years, and recipe execution is another thing. So, <laughs> so having a recipe and being able, what we called in the culinary world, being able to execute a recipe is completely different because how many times I've given a recipe to someone and they say, I did exactly what you said, except for on the flour, I've substituted whey protein isolate and because I can't eat grain and it didn't work. And it's like, well, you, you know, this is like way back. Okay, well, you took out a major component of the recipe, and it's all chemically reactive with each other. Gonna, this is just not gonna work. Yep. So, you know, or people will say, I left out the butter because I don't do butter, so and I added water, and you're like, yeah, that's not gonna be the same. Yeah. So you can have the recipe, but that does not mean you can uh, you can make the same quality of a, a cookie or a cake or whatever, and that's. And that's the whole point of this is be watching out for things from uh, the Tactical Kitchen, actually putting out some some cool products as far as the cookies, the cakes, um, maybe some bread, maybe some other things. So bread. So bread. Bread is a hard one when you take out gluten. So mm-hmm. th- that's the real thing with baking. Taking out the gluten, especially from like a bread product, when you're looking at, you know, sandwich bread, for mm-hmm. instance. Yep. When you take out the gluten, you have a totally different animal. So I did some yeast-raised bread that was keto, um, what, last week? Mm-hmm. Yep. And we used it for hamburgers. We were testing out the recipe, and so I made everybody eat one. <laughs> it, it was just like a regular bun. I'm telling you, it was it was just like having a hamburger with a regular bun that you could put mayonnaise and mustard on and, and grab it with your hands and eat it. It was just like... Old yeah, times. a burger. But the the thing about most keto buns is they fall apart when you pick them up. They are very fragile, and this was very sturdy. They're very sturdy, but yeah. still really soft and everything. But the problem <laughs> is that when you make a keto bread, you have you know some things that contain fiber, and when mm-hmm. you've been carnivore for a really long time and you start introducing some of these things with fiber, it gets sketchy. Well, because the the thing is, is when you eat uh, you know keto or carnivore. You're not used to feeling full. You're used to being full when you eat. So when you it's eat, totally different. Yeah, it's, it's totally different. You get this feeling of in your brain that you're 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 satisfied and you're you're done eating. Where before, when you ate a high carb diet, you you ate until your belly expanded and then you stopped when your belt reached its limitations. Well, you know now we added this bread in and I I get done eating when I usually eat a lot more. And I, I was like, man, I feel full. Like I feel like I need to undo my belt. 
Yeah, we had that kind of like, I said I felt bloated, and I hadn't felt bloated in a while. And, you know, it was just the the bread. And then, yeah, I would, you know, it's yeast raised, so some people can't do that at all if they have, like, yeast overgrowth in their body. It's not ideal to introduce yeast. So it, it, it is something that some people who are perfectly healthy and eating keto because they want to do high fat, and they want to still have bread. It would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, we tested the bread recipe. It works really well. I can actually make the bread and produce that. So we don't have to really eat it again. But it was a fun experiment. What was crazy was our 15-year-old was eating his hamburger and he quit halfway through and said, I'm full. I can't eat anymore. <laughs> Normally, he eats two hamburger patties, yeah. like a big one. Yeah. And he didn't even finish half of a hamburger with the bun. So that kind of lets you know, you know, how that fiber can make you feel full real suddenly. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is that if you didn't have enough fat or enough protein, you might feel hungry a little bit later. Right. You might get hungrier sooner than normal. Yeah. So that's, that's a word of caution. Yeah. The whole, the whole key to that is, is Melody made bread that was, that replaced a hamburger bun and it was delicious. So... Yeah, be looking out uh, for that. It worked really well. Mm-hmm. I was, I was, I was happy. So uh, other fun things we uh, we did in the past week is uh, on the environmental side is, uh, you know, we've been talking about uh, getting plants for a long time. Like, hey, we need some plants in the house. You know, just just do other other living things that actually produce some some things that produce oxygen. So uh, we've read so much about having plants in your house and you know improves the environment. So, but what we <laughs> what we don't do well is. We've never taken care of plants very well. Well, I was known in my, my when my grandmother passed away, um, my aunt and my mom gave me a corn plant. It was one of, they were giving away all the flowers and everything that people sent to the funeral. And I just remember somebody saying, well, give that one to Melody because it's hard to kill. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's kind of stings, but it's true. So we went out, we bought some plants, and I said, now let's go home, let's kill these suckers. Yeah. So you know? we, we went to the store and we, uh, we shopped around and, and we tried to find plants that were resilient, number one. Yes. And uh, that we, they thought it would take us at least a long time to kill if they didn't just die immediately. Yeah. Um, yeah. But one of the things I did, so I'm, I'm walking around, I'm shopping, okay, and I see uh, on the shelf bonsai plants. Which is not exactly... An easy to take care of plant. That's what they say, but you know, I'm I'm. A, I don't know anything about plants. I am a child of the '80s, and I have wanted a bonsai plant ever since Karate Kid, when Mr. Miyagi was in there trimming away, and, and everybody's like, "These are so cool." So that's what you got from Karate Kid. So bonsai trees. <laughs> I don't want to be a karate expert. Well, it was one of those things where you look at it, and bonsai trees are not cheap. So it was like, you know, it was like $30 for this little plant. And so I'm standing there and in my head, I'm contemplating, uh, you know, God, $30 for a plant that I'm going to, you know, have to take care of. But I've, you know, I've wanted this plant forever. So I'm basically denying myself. It's like these two conversations going on. So I I stomped my foot down and said, I'm, I'm a 48 year old man. I can buy a stupid bonsai plant if I want to. So what we're saying is we're cheap. <laughs> well, so, uh, so yeah, it's true. We, we're, I'll go with frugal. We're fru- we try to be frugal. 
So you got your bonsai tree. I try to balance my wants and needs. That's what, right. that's, you know, I wanted a bonsai plant. Did I need a bonsai plant? No. But hey, you know, I could, it's a bucket list thing. I have a bonsai you, plant. You now. bought, and it's sitting here on the desk. It's super cute. Yep. The cat loves it. Mm-hmm. We, have, na- to, we his, have to get the cat away from it. His name, his name is Pat. I like that. Yeah, for Pat Morita. I, I thought Mr. Miyagi was too obvious, so. Yeah. So, and then another thing we had to do was we had to research plants that wouldn't make our cat sick if she decided to attack them, which we knew she would. Mm-hmm. And, but the thing is, is she does not like, oh, there she is. She doesn't like to be, like, disciplined. She doesn't like if you talk to her in <laughs> any way. Stern. She will run away. She gets very upset. She runs away, and she goes and eats when she gets upset. So, like, <laughs> we, we always joke, joke she eats her feelings. It's really yeah. funny. So we bring the plants home. She she tries. You know she's excited about them. We put them in places where we think she can't get to them, and so so she starts getting on the dresser near my snake plant and that's what's crazy i have two plants called snake plants i hate snakes so lucky me i got stuck with snake plants and she gets up there and she starts to dig in it a little and i just said kitty no and she's never done it again but she did go eat half a bowl of food yeah. when I did that. She, <laughs> she got very feelings. upset, and she makes a noise. It's funny. <laughs> so we did get these plants. Yep, so we got some plants because, you know, and we do think it, it, it can improve the environment, and it just it feels good. It makes it a little homier to have a plant in your room. Yeah, I want to go back and get more, like a spider plant. Why am I getting all the... Snake and spider plants? I know, it's funny. spider plants. <laughs> and then ferns that look like monsters coming out of your ceiling. But, yeah, I'm going to get a fern. I'm going to get a spider plant. Those hang from the ceiling so the cat will be tortured because yep. she can't get up there. But those and things, and it's been so cold. We have to run the heat all the time. The air's been super dry. Yeah, so we uh, another environmental thing we decided to do was, was get a uh, humidifier. Is it environmental or is it just like... Good for us. That's it. It's environment. Well, that's in your environment. What you sleep in. Okay. That's your environment. So I get it. we, yeah. you know, we decided to put a uh, humidifier in our room because we were getting really dried out. So if you run forced air in your house and it's winter and the the heat is running all the time, you get dried out. Your nasal passages get dried out. Your mouth gets dried out. Your skin gets dried out. So yeah, it one does. of the things we decided to do was to get a humidifier and see how it affected our sleep. It's been, I think it's been better. I, I've, I have gotten up the last couple of mornings without quite such a dry mouth and nose. And well, I noticed I'd, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'll just be so like, my nose just felt like I was having problems breathing. It was so dry. I would wake up really thirsty. Yeah, I'd wake up really thirsty. So those are two indicators that, uh, that your environment is too dry. So since we've gotten it, I have felt better getting up in the morning. I don't feel so dehydrated when I wake up in the morning. Right. Yeah, it is a lot better. Um, so if you live in an environment where you're having to run some forced heat or having to heat your house at all and it's just dry winter air, it's mm-hmm. a good idea to to look for a, a good humidifier and, and yeah, put so that now in your I'm, sleeping space. Now I'm researching topics on how to install uh, the, the, you know, under under the floor radiant, heat radiant heating for a 1930 house. That would be difficult. That will be fun. So... 
<laughs> it would be interesting. One more project, put it on the list. Yeah. Besides all the things we've been looking at lately about converting school buses. and Oh, yeah. All the fun stuff out there. All the fun We've things. been working on our RV, getting it ready for the spring so we can travel and stuff like that. Um, you know, tons of projects. Yeah. That's why we weren't here last week. Yep. And, and so the, and the last part is uh, we'll talk about is lifestyle. Um, what lifestyle have we done recently uh, to, to kind of keep ourselves on our, on our improved life health kind of journey? And the one thing that we started at the beginning of the year is journaling, or I started more, more diligently, was making sure that I journaled every day, writing down reminders, uh, goals of the week, tracking my workouts, doing all those things uh, to see how it helps me improve. And, and I'm still doing it. I still got my cool book and I use my colored pens and I write different things down and and it has helped me stay more focused in my workouts. Yeah. I, I, I've been doing the same thing with my cheap uh, composition notebook. Yeah, Melody has like a little mead, you know, I get spiral really, notebook. I get really all twisted and bent out of shape if somebody <laughs> takes my pen, though. <laughs> somebody comes by and takes my pen. <laughs> like, we don't have any other pens in the house. You, did you take my pen? You mean this pen that's like two feet away from your notebook that I moved? Yeah, that pen? Okay, great. It's, it's. I have a certain pen I like to... Everybody has their pen they like to write with, right? Am I the only one? I don't know. Maybe I am. I'm all alone in this. <laughs> no, no. Everybody has favorite pens. I don't like for people to steal my pens. <laughs> <laughs> and, I've, and I've found this out firsthand. I know. <laughs> I don't get mad. I just say, where's my pen? Who took my pen? Sure, sure. Exactly yeah, you, know, you don't get like mad. That. No, yeah, you don't get mad at all. <laughs> So, no. so we've been so, doing that, um, you know, and, and tracking your workouts great because I've had to change up my workouts recently because I can't run as much as, as I used to. It's, you know, my doctor told me to stop. Uh, I'm trying to kind of get back into it slowly. So I've been, I so saw what, what I've done is I've been getting up earlier and just knocking out like 30, 40 minutes on my, on the bike that we have in the house. Yeah. So we have, what are, are those kind of bikes called? Like an ergonomic bike or whatever? It, it's just, bike? A, it's just a stationary bike. Stationary so, bike. But it's a, but it's a good one. You know, it's, it's, it's quiet and it, it is, and it's easy to ride. So, um, I've been incorporating that into getting up early, knocking it out. And that has helped my daily routine. I have felt. Yeah, I sleep through it, and that has helped my daily routine. <laughs> so, so I, I'm still like in the. I'm just gonna go ahead and sleep while you do that. So you know, but it does. I, I, I used to get up so early all the time. I like getting up early, but I've gotten into this habit of just like sleeping until I wake up, which is usually about six forty. That's usually about. I get sleepy, you know. I get sleepy at like eight thirty at night. Well, one of the things that that we had been focused on was getting quality sleep and plenty of sleep because that's one of the things most people don't get. And so, you know, I, I had kind of eliminated that that I want to get up super early and do things because I wanted to make sure I was getting quality sleep and enough of it to recover and heal and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but there's there's the fine line you walk, and I'm I'm not getting up like at four in the morning. It's I'm getting up at six o'clock. It's not like it's no. super early. And and you just have all your stuff ready. And that's another thing, preparation mm-hmm. for the next day is a part of lifestyle. When no matter what way you eat or what diet you're following, just being prepared for the next day is a huge part of it. And you always have your stuff ready to go. You just roll out of bed and go do it. And that makes a big difference when you're prepared. If you don't have to search for things and you well, know. and one note to make is I had been thinking about switching this uh, uh, my my daily routine up for weeks. I had been thinking about doing it, and I just hadn't done it. 
what the one thing that made me do it was I wrote it in my journal for my goal of the week was to get out of bed every morning and ride the bike and get it out of the way. And what's funny was is I didn't do it until I wrote it down. And that's that's very interesting because a lot of people have that issue where they want to do something and they think about it. But when you set a goal and you actually write a goal down, you're probably more likely to follow through with it because you have something tangible to go back and look at and and say, oh, I did it or, oh, I didn't do it. Well, it it just goes back to all those times when you've seen all these infomercials or whether it's Tony Robbins or whatever motivational speaker, and they tell you to write your goal down and put it on the fridge. So you have to see it all the time. And I've always thought how cheesy that is. I'm like, that doesn't change anything. You still know what your goal, whether you write it down or not. But I'm just saying that one, uh, I didn't do it until I wrote it down. So I kind of took that as a personal uh, note on me that if if I have things I really want to do, I need to write them down. Yeah, that's a good idea. And um, I wrote down I needed to get better sleep. So, (laughs) well, everybody knows I had that bad period of time recently where I wasn't getting enough sleep. I was having insomnia. Yeah. And so I've really rectified that and that's all worked itself out and I've done some things that have made a difference and um, I was my own nutritional therapy practice client for myself and kind of fixed all of that and now, you know, I'm just kind of still living the dream of going to bed when we go to bed, whether it's like, it's usually about 9.30 and then getting up at about 6.30 and I feel pretty darn good. So I'm I'm enjoying that right now. Mm-hmm. I thought about getting up and working out when you did, but then I was like, no, I'm not going to do it yet. So one thing that I've done, I did do today, um, it's cold, which we work, we have a gym membership, but Finding a way to work out when it's freezing cold, when all your workout stuff is outside and you can't touch the barbell or the weights because they stick to your hand, it's so cold. (laughs) Um, It's difficult. And I used to do, every morning I used to get up and I I had this one YouTube channel that I really liked to work out to. And um, it was just all body weight, mostly body weight stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do that. And so I did that at about, you know, 8 o'clock, 8.30 this morning after I had coffee and stuff. And I felt great doing that. I, I was like, I felt very accomplished that I got a workout in when it was freezing cold outside because it's real easy to look out there and go, all my stuff's out there. I can't go lift weights. So ah, I don't want to drive to the gym either because I've got stuff to do. So I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So... You know, sometimes it's just you do something different, and it's movement. Right. So and that and you know, for anybody <clears throat> listening, a ten minute high intensity you know interval training exercise, it, one of those every day is going to get you towards your goal, or rather than not doing anything. So don't think if you can only got ten minutes, you hear the cat scratching on the post. I, I told you, I, I got to lock her up. Got to lock that cat up. I said she would be fine. Now she's come out here and, <laughs> and she's come out here on her and scratching scratch on her scratch post. post. Look, and if you, she knows we talked about her, so and she, she runs away. She goes mm, and she runs away. So the uh, the last thing that I'll hit on that I did this week was I told myself to read more consistently, and the way I incorporated that was every time I wanted to pick up my phone and either check Facebook or look at the weather because I'm a guy and we like to look at the weather all the time like it's going to impact our lives yeah. <laughs> or look at the weather that instead I'd pick up a book and uh, we have plenty of books here in the house to read uh, over all kinds of different subjects and so 
I'm rereading one of the books that I, that I thought was very interesting. So I just made that that was my goal. Every time I wanted to pick up my phone, instead, maybe I pick up the book and read for five minutes instead of staring at my phone for five minutes. And that made a huge difference because now, you know, uh, they send you that screen notification thing at the end of the week and how long you, you spent staring at your screen. And mine went down by 30% in just one week. So that's a lot. Yeah, because you just decided to read instead of picking up your phone when you... That, that's a great idea because I, I noticed that when I do spend quite a bit of time on my phone doing stuff, my eyes are affected by it. And, and it, not in the same way as when you read a book, you can focus better. I'll look at from my phone sometimes and I'll be like, man... It's like I'm blind. Well, I feel... And I wonder what the long-term ramifications of some of those things are. There but. there, there can be some. Uh, but I feel like I'm not as productive. Once I, If I if I browse whatever social media for a few minutes and I get off my phone, I feel like I just lost all momentum and uh, productivity that I might have had going up until that point. Yeah, so. that's so true because it is a hole. It is like a black hole. <laughs> it you is. can get sucked in for far too long and be there doing nothing, not being productive, not helping anybody, not helping yourself, mm-hmm. just like mindlessly scrolling. And, uh, you know, I've caught myself doing that. A lot of my stuff lately has just been reading different things about different types of sweeteners. Keto train. That's a keto train. And um, so if you're driving and you hear the train, it's here at our house. Don't freak out. Not next to you, most likely. (laughs) (laughs) But um, so I've I've been researching some stuff on, you know, different keto baking products and sweeteners and things like that. But I'll notice when I look up, I'm like, oh, my God, my eyes are just like blurry. And when I read a book, it's so much different. And I feel different emotionally when I read rather than I'm, when I'm holding that phone in my hand. Yeah, you know, when you're reading and learning, <laughs> it's, it, it makes you feel way more productive. And you're probably more likely to do the things, the small goals that you probably set for that day to knock them out and get them done. And that's, and that's really, you know, what we try to do is we try to set goals uh, daily, weekly, monthly, and then on the year uh, of things we want to get done. And when you're just knocking them out, slowly but surely one piece at a time then before you know it it's complete and one of mine was to buy plants and that i finally was like we're stop what you're doing <laughs> stop what we're you're doing going now and we're going to go buy some plants we had to go to two different stores stop what plants. you're doing because i'm about to ruin the image <laughs> and the style that you're used to oh okay <laughs> <laughs> so we got some plants anyway let's uh you like my humpty hump come I on i did like it I did. Oh. I enjoyed it very much. Yep. Yeah. Well. Um, oh, we've got a few things to a couple of things like events to talk about. So, um, Dixon Wellness and Chiropractic and Wellness in Fort Worth will be hosting co-hosting a business networking meetup at the end of March, uh, March twenty seventh. And it will be at their office. You can RSVP. We'll post a link for that if you're local. Then there will also be a um, KetoCon that we will be attending in June. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the exact dates. And then we'll uh, post a link for Low Carb USA for people to uh, check out the conference in San Diego. Well, they have one in Seattle before that, too. Oh, in Seattle? That's coming up. So they have they have a low carb in Seattle and a low carb in San Diego. So all those are coming up this summer. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on. 
And, uh, I mean, they're, they're even hosting going to Jakarta. To going to Jakarta this month, yeah. Yeah, to do a low-carb conference there. There's a lot of things that are happening. Yep, the low-carb community continues to grow. So get involved. Uh, that's one of the important things, you know, because it's getting bigger and, and you want to push the word. Yeah, um, and we'll, we'll try to post some links for some of those things in the show notes so you guys can check it out and see if you're able to attend any of those conferences. Yeah. Okay. okay. Anything else? That's it. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys listening. We hope you're having a great day, and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. Go out there and eat fat and prosper. Thanks for listening to The Tactical Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to send your questions to btkquestions at gmail.com and visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.